Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind Open your mind This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6 giving you the libertarian take on the news of the week whether it's geopolitical, national, or in this case local I do apply universal libertarian principles, which I consider to be the principles that founded this country. I'm talking right now, we're, we've been talking about a couple of bills that are in the home stretch, HB 310 and SB 94, which definitely need your attention. You can make your own conclusion if you don't agree with the concerns I've raised, if you don't think that they're valid, that the, that the bills make sense. Go to the hearing and tell them. Or if you if you agree with me and you think this stuff needs to be put on hold or abolished completely, go to the hearing. It's uh, Monday, March 23rd at 1 o'clock in room 310 at the Coverdell Legislative Office Building. But I did throw out the question. I see. Uh, do Are you as afraid of the police state as I am? I'm not, I'm not really worried. I was worried about no-knock raids because they can bust down doors in the middle of the night. And if you grab a gun to defend yourself thinking it's a burglar or something, that it, it just introduces violence into that situation. Citizens can get killed. Law enforcement can get killed. And it discourages people from protecting their own homes with their own firearms. I didn't like it. And actually, y'all's calls and going to the hearing killed that stuff. There were three no-knock bills. And they uh, the last one was really gaining steam. It had uh, passed the first hurdle in a vote of eight to one, but y'all killed it, and this uh, HB 310, which creates the Department of Community Services, which is an organization that uh, is not is not limited in size and can confer upon its employees police power, uh, and it reports solely and directly to the governor. That makes me nervous, and that passed 164 to 5, its first hurdle. So that thing is a juggernaut. So see what you can do about that. If you, I'm not trying to, I don't like to control people's decisions on this stuff. I really don't have an agenda. I'm an extreme libertarian, but I don't really have a lot of hope for a truly free society anytime soon returning to this country. But I do, I do think that we have an obligation locally to try to make a difference, A, because it really affects us in the here and now, and B, because I think we, we, can, we have to do what we can to slow down the surveillance state and the police state. So tell me what you think, 800-WSB-TALK. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to get to all the calls, but uh, Joe, I think, is going to be, he disagrees with me. Joe and McDonough, you're on with Monica. You still there, Joe? 
Well, I am going to put Joe back on hold. If he comes back, I will get to him. Um, I am going to go to Laura, Laura in Sandy Springs. Hey, Laura, you're on with Monica. Thank you, Monica. I, I tuned in late on your first hour, and I've been glued to the radio because I have been grossly neglected by this whole thing. And if this bill passes, a lot of people are going to be neglected for their right. You're talking about HB 310, this criminal justice reform that establishes these entities that do not seem to be well-defined and have the potential for abuse uh, of power, I think. I am, because I had been in the hospital for surgery back in June and uh, had met my new neighbor, who was very sweet and offered to take care of my cat while I was gone. And uh, with a good bit of coaxing, I, I agreed to it, gave her a key to my house. First time I've ever given the key to my house to someone. And as far as I knew, everything was going fine. But one time when I called her, she asked me where was my car key. That <laughs> her son-in-law wanted to do some work on my car. And I refused. I said, no, I always have my dealer or AAA do work for, on my car. And uh, so I didn't tell her where it was, but it was easy to find just inside my garage door. And I, I not only had to go to rehab to get well enough to come home, but when I came home, I found chaos. People had been living in my house eating my food, emptying my liquor cabinet, taking my prized possessions, everything from Waterford, China, to Whoa. everything. And I did mean, you get did you get help? No, I were did the cop not. Re- were the cops responsive to you? No, they were not. Really? They pretended to be. Uh, I called, and, and they said, well, uh, they knew about it, and uh, they'd get someone out here. And... The one in charge was completely bald, and he was more concerned about the the rain that was forecast. And he walked in the house saying, well, I want to get out of here before it starts to rain. He didn't even want to go downstairs where it was obvious they had used examining gloves and paper towels to wipe away fingerprints. There were a lot of prints left, though, believe me. And what does this have to do with HB 310? Nobody came to to even try to find any prints, and I tried to get an appointment with the chief of police, and he refused to see me. And I thought perhaps if I go out there in person, he'll see me. But I was stopped at the front desk, and they asked my name, and when I told them, he looked at a list and said that uh, uh, a a young lady and a young officer would would talk to me, and the young lady was an advocate, and uh, they told me he couldn't see me, sorry, and then that the case was dropped. It was no longer active. Well, Laura... 
If you want to email me, I have no power influence, but I would uh, justify, there are criminal justice, criminal lawyers who do pro bono work, pro bono work. I don't know if that would be applicable, but if, why don't, this is probably not relevant to this law, but if you email me, I will um, talk to you offline and see if I can't get somebody to help you. Please, please. I will. So email me, go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, and email me, and I will at least try to see if there is some resource for you. But it brings up an interesting point that, I've, that I have thought about policing and how our system works. Uh, it's obviously a systemic problem. I'm sure the police are totally overwhelmed. But by inserting this huge drug war into our policing, we instead, I, I'm fine with the police addressing drug crime against innocent people, but a lot of that is from stealing and stuff from pumped up drug prices because of the black market. I, I wonder if it wouldn't be a better system before Penny One goes to force to conducting the drug war. It goes to reimbursing people for lost property. I'm, I, I'm a volunteerist, a libertarian, extreme libertarian. Eric called before saying my system wouldn't work. But if you had a private system where you could have your uh, policing and your insurance at the same entity, they would not only try to protect you, but if they couldn't protect you or get your stuff back, they'd have to pay for it. That's what insurance is for. So um, I am interested in that. And let me know. Uh, contact me directly through my email on com. But there are real questions about how effective the police are and if and there are tensions there are tensions so i'm going to go to brian and kennesaw hi brian you're on with monica ma'am i'm glad that you are addressing this but my my fear is when you i said i am a police officer my fear is whenever you start talking about police state people are picturing the police as the government which i understand we do represent the government but as you said the issue is with the big government and not driving the wedge between the police and the the community because the police are all usually libertarians and republicans i get a lot of i get a disproportionate amount of email from people who describe themselves as law enforcement i i know they care about the rights i know they do that's when i started to smell a rat with this ferguson stuff not about the actual to- topic, but the fact that they're really trying to pit us against each other, both racially and also the police to think that it's an us versus them situation because they're afraid that if there is civil unrest or whatever and the federal government goes too far, they don't want our police to stay on our side. That's what I think. Well, right. And, but, where you're, but the police, as all the other police officers will say, are the sheepdogs that keep the wolf away. When that wolf, whether it be in the actual criminal or the government, I mean, because we're the advocates of your personal rights as well. So we fear big government as well. But uh, when you say police state, I know, and you're afraid of the police state, you're saying the word police, which makes people afraid of the police. And it's funny because in the Constitution, they uh, the 10th Amendment, it's the way it's when you read the case law and stuff, it talks about police powers and police powers includes like health, welfare, education. The word police is not what we all think of it as just police officers, but it's it's a broader and broader term depending on how you're looking at it. And I agree. And I and that could even be 
part of the of the psychological impact of objecting to the police say when Zach called I mean he was he was defensive because he thinks we're attacking him and I at the very most the problem is or at the least the problem is that the laws that that Brett's talking about Zach knows he has the right to ask you for your or, or the law allows him to ask you for your driver's license when he pulls you over. I mean, he knows what his rules are, and Brett doesn't like the rules. But that's not Zach's fault. I'm talking about earlier calls we had. But I, I agree with you that uh, there is some real tension building up because when I do say I fear the police state, I'm not saying I fear the police. I actually have nothing but good experiences with the police. I, and I could because I live in a good neighborhood. There's never any confusion as to who I am pulling into my driveway and my decent car. Uh, so I do think there's a class issue and a race issue that makes people like gradations of having problems with the system. But that again is a systemic thing. I think it's on purpose. I think that the class, the race thing is set up on purpose. And I think now they're folding in to pit us against the police who really are supposed to be defending our rights. 800 WSB talk. This is Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. This is Monica Perez back with the Libertarian Take on the news of the week, which is local this time. Some Georgia legislature stuff that uh, has me talking about the police state and the conversation has turned to there is a difference between the police and the police state. The police state comes down from the top. Yes, ultimately, the police at the grassroots level either go along with it or get out, and I'm sure people are already making that choice, but I'm not advocating civil disobedience at this point. I would like to get to a call real quick, if I can, to uh, James in Atlanta. Hey, James, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, how's it going? Good, how you doing? I'm doing good. So, um... This is a funny story. Brett would actually like this, I think. Uh, but um, I'm a 23-year-old citizen of a city in the northern metro Atlanta area, and I'm driving. And uh, I pull into a neighborhood to have a text message conversation because the person I was having a conversation with couldn't use their phone. And um, a cop drives by and pulls up behind me and gets out of his car and comes up to my car and he says, hey, what are you doing? You know, and I said, I'm texting on my phone, didn't want to text while I'm driving. And he said, all right, uh, can I see your identification? And I said, is, am I required to give it to you? And he says, it is because I asked you to. And I'm not sure if, because I, I wasn't driving, so I don't know. If Were you that, keys in the ignition? They were. But that's not the main point. I gave him my uh, I gave him my license, and then he uh, I have a clean record. He goes back, checks it out, and then uh, he says, "Hey, can you have uh, can you step out step out of your car for me?" I say, "Sure." I comply, get out of the car, and then he asks me, uh, "Wait, James, hold that thought. I'm going to get to the punchline after the break. Hang on, bro. All right. This is Monica Perez. We'll be right back." Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I won't be preempted by sports for a while, so get to hear the full show. And the show is 
not for the faint of heart. We do have absolutely uh, lively conversations uh, on this show. And right now we have been talking about the basically uh, the police state versus uh, the police. Like if you're afraid of the police state, that doesn't mean you're afraid of the police of your dad. Uh, the problem is from the top and a good analogy, uh, or I should say, I noticed the exact same thing with education, public education, the teachers I know, the teachers in my family are trying their very hardest to do a good job. They care about the kids. They care about learning. They're trying to follow all the rules, which I almost sometimes think are set up so they can't end up teaching the kids anything. It's really crazy. And I know they get frustrated, but I look at the teachers and most of the ones I know are good. There are, there are some bad ones, but that's true in any field, but the system is getting worse. Common core stuff from the feds. It's getting worse. Same thing with the police. They're the, the mostly what they're doing is trying to protect your rights. And there are most of the cops are good and there are some bad ones. But when the system starts to get corrupted from the top, when they start overreaching their bounds, we have to push back. And it's hard to do that because you do get confused with people who are anti-police, like don't talk to the cops. It's not like some inner city neighborhood where the powerful guys are drug dealers and if you talk to the cops, they're going to kill you. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about you can assert your right just to keep them, assert your rights at a traffic stop or whatever, just to keep them alive, keep everybody used to the limits. And I'm reminded of the quote of Thomas Jefferson, the shortest one ever, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. And I'm just trying to exercise some vigilance. And I know uh, that I have really, I would say the number one occupation that people call and tell me they are or uh, on email are cops. I have cops who listen to me from all across the country, don't even live in Georgia. And I, I know that they care about rights, that they're into liberty and justice for all. I would say the vast majority. So let's, we shouldn't let them, in quotes and scare quotes, drive a wedge between us because we're going to need each other if things get really out of hand, which would happen overnight if there's, say, an economic collapse. It's not like, well, it wouldn't happen for a thousand years. No, no, no. It would happen overnight if there's a problem with food or, uh, or, or the grid goes down. So we got to keep it together. <laughs> but we were being treated to a story from James before the break. James, I'm going to uh, just try to recap. You pulled over to text and the cop asked you for your license. He ran it. It was clean. And then he asked you to get out of the car, right? Yep, that is correct. And let me start off by saying I, I love police officers to death. I appreciate what they do and, you know, protecting our community. But um, you know, they, he asked to search my car and I said, no. And he said, okay, that means you obviously have something to hide. Oh. And I said, uh, Presumed no, that's guilty. not true at all, sir. <laughs> that's not true. I'm just, uh, I just know my right. And as I'm saying this, another police officer shows up. So now we have two. And by the end of it, there's four cops there. And, uh, they bring the dog out and sniff my car. They say they smell something, which, uh, I'm not saying they did or didn't because I've never had anything in my car, but the dog searches it and so you know, signals, but they don't find anything, and they go on their way to saying, well, you were acting suspiciously. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there like, you know, I was just texting on my phone, how is this suspicious? And, and it really gets me to the point of, you know, you're, they're pulling people over, and, you know, 
than taking the opportunity to try, you know, to, to get revenue by making an arrest. And, and it's, they're, they're getting away from the point of protecting our, our rights and, and just, in trying to arrest yeah. people and find people I have actually, for anything they can. I've actually toyed with the idea or the concept, I'm going over to my mind, of not allowing the government to use revenue uh, to get fines at all because it sets up this conflict of interest. We pay taxes. If I told you exactly how many digits are in my property tax, I mean, it could bring tears to your eyes. And I don't even really own the house. The bank owns the house for the most part. But I'm paying these enormous property taxes, tremendous amount of you know, percentage of income taxes, all these taxes for what? For even I'm an anarcho-capitalist, but just a regular libertarian and traditional conservative would say we're paying for the courts, the police and the army. Yeah, We're paying I'm for not that. Blaming, I'm, not, I'm not blaming the police officers no. for doing this either, because I, I understand that they have quotas to meet. You know, it's they're they're trying to do their job. Yeah, always. What their police chief is telling them to right. do. Always look to the incentives that people are responding to. So I, I always look at this even with university professors. Why are they all teaching the same mumbo jumbo? I mean, I went to Harvard. I went to Stanford. They didn't, didn't even make any sense. I didn't figure out economics until after I got out and just started reading books that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I was like, oh, I understand this principle now. Why are they all spatting the same mumbo-jumbo? Because that's how you get tenure. That's how you get grants. You have to do what is expected of you in order to get ahead, to make money, whatever. So there, you always have to look at the incentives that are being set up, the system that's being set up. And I'm just saying that if, if the, if I think we pay almost, I think if you look at all the taxes raised by all the governments in this country, we're, we're paying uh, like $7 trillion in taxes and the GDP is like $15 trillion. So we're paying almost half of everything to taxes. So if we're paying for it already, why are they generating revenue? Is the police department, a jobs program? I mean, I'm not knocking police. I'm just saying, like, w- what are they thinking? Can't we take that $7 trillion and before we start giving corporate cronies uh, cushy contracts or redistributing wealth, whether it comes from food stamps or massive public school expenditures or whatever, can't we start with the minimal functions of government getting paid for and done properly, police, army, courts? Then we can move on to all the other stuff. But to make that stuff subordinated and have to generate its own revenue, it only costs, I think, $1.5 trillion of all that as public services and like national defense to the point where we'd match like our next biggest competitor's uh, budget or the next 10, something like that, like $400 billion would do it. So we spend $1.5 trillion on all the legitimate functions of government. We should just be able to... Uh, to pay for it out of our pockets and stop setting up these perverse incentives for revenue generation on um, uh, just regular government functions. So I think it's worth thinking about. I'm going to go to James, who's at the ballpark. James, you still there? Hey, Monica, how you doing? Great yes. To talk to you. How are sorry you? Sorry about that. I'm sorry, I just sprang that on you. You've been on hold for a while. Again, <laughs> what do you got for me? But you've been listening. Yeah, I've been listening since the third hour. I've been listening for, uh, well, for a while now since uh, since you've been on the air, and I love it because there's a real power vacuum there on Saturdays. I have 
talk radio withdrawals. But anyway, I'll get right to the point. Um, yeah, I know a couple of police officers. They're great guys. One works for the Kennesaw State University Police, transferred over from the Sheriff's Department. And another one's a great guy. He's a sergeant down in Atlanta. Uh, I do, I'm a landscaper. I do a lot of work down there. And um, we were talking about the militarization of the police, and we're seeing that and hearing it. Part of the problem is, and in my opinion, these small city police departments don't have these budgets for a separate SWAT team, so they're training their patrol officers as SWAT officers as well. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, you've got a guy who's a SWAT officer who's trained to come in and neutralize the threat at whatever cost, and then he's pulling over a woman with five kids in a minivan, you know, and they got their, you know, they're just the the bulletproof vests over their shirts and all that stuff. I mean, it, that's you know, an interesting point. Hold on. Let me just reiterate sure. that. You're saying that by uh, jacking these guys up on SWAT, SWAT feelings and right. then employing them in community. Cause I always think of it. Uh, I've thought of the problem in the other way, which is you need SWAT teams once in a blue moon. You need it at the Navy yard in DC when 13 Absolutely. people were killed and they stood down. They stood down in, in Columbine. So when you need them, sometimes it doesn't work. And you don't need right. them for what they're really used for, which is no-knock raids, drug busts. The drug scene doesn't have to be this violent. So, Absolutely. So I can see both sides now that I yeah, never thought of that. You get these guys pulling over people and, and freaking out. But I, I don't, I'm not saying I know examples of that, but I can see well, what you're saying psychologically. I will say, and I'll tell you, look at, look at the Woodstock Police Department. I called them. Because the guys, one of the guys had tattoos, nothing against people with tattoos. The guy had bald, he looked like a biker, and I ride a Harley too. You know, he looks intimidating. He had his boots, his pants tucked in his boots, he had his AR slung over his chest. They were serving a warrant at some smoke shop for that, whatever that artificial weed is. But I mean, these guys look like they're about to drop on the beaches in Normandy, and literally, there's like three or four cars pulling over a woman who's got like three or four kids in the car and i'm like this is insane they look like yeah. the SS. and you can see like. you could go to youtube and see when things like that get really escalated um i know there was a story maybe i i, I think i'm recalling it correctly uh, a minister was ministering to a druggy gal he knew in the car gave her some money and and somebody had tipped off that that uh to watch her or something like that. So the cops, but like undercover regional cops, not like local cops. It was like a federal thing. Right. Uh, in Georgia somewhere came and like kind of jumped on his car, came out of nowhere. And he tried to speed away because he didn't realize what was happening. And they killed him because yeah. there's this escalation inherent yeah. in that kind of power. Well, and, and I'm with you 100 percent, Monica. I think it's this whole new world order. I know we throw that word out and then I can see people's eyes rolling back in their head. I know. But. But you look at what's going on, all this militarization, and then real quick, I know you're running low on time on the on the uh, the bill 310. Why in the world do we need some civil defense unit when the the National Guard was the National Guard? Place? Yes, absolutely. That is terrifying. I mean, I know that, and I didn't. I'm not up on this stuff, but I was like, the National Guard is for that. It, absolutely. I mean, but the that, National Guard, see, that's the thing with these departments and the National Guard and stuff. They have institutional memory. They have reason for being. They have hierarchy. This thing, it'll be a new thing that yeah. all comes under one guy, and that's what I don't like. In my opinion, and, and if, again, I, you know, I, I got, you know, just typical landscaper out here, not a politician, thank God. Um, 
you know, I, it's my, my mind is just so full of thoughts, but that, that, I don't understand why there is not absolute just outcry by the citizens of Georgia about Well, this. nobody knew about it. Did you know about it before you listened today on the air? Actually, you know what? I didn't. I'm glad that you, I thank God we got people like you on the radio, and of course, you know, our you know, dictator-in-chief is trying to get it. I'm telling you, he's got a hold of the Internet. Y'all are going to be next. Uh, I hear you. Well, this, let me just tell you before it's over for the Internet, VoterGA.org is the only email I have signed up on my work email. So, like, I see the feed, and I a lot of times just gloss over it because those guys are trying to keep uh, the voting up and up. But when you get to digital voting, it's it's a tough uphill climb but that they have been alerting me to all the bills that we need to pay attention to which is good because it helps you focus so just go to voterga.org and and i think there is a lot of documentary evidence that the power elite do have a plan to centralize power they think they're doing it for our own good but it's not crazy to think that there is a plan I don't know. If you want to know more about that stuff, I've read many, many books, and I try to review them when I have time. You go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. I have a lot of articles. I have, like, my 100 past podcasts. I have a lot of book reviews. And then you can understand where I'm coming from, not just, like, freaking out, reading stuff into this. my, My fears are founded in things that are really happening, plans that are really in place, and warnings of people like our founding fathers of what to be aware of and seeing that those principles are being violated. You can get all that stuff on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, Twitter at MonicaPerezShow. I'm going to wrap it up after uh, the break. And um, you can also hear me every Saturday from 3 to 6. I'm back because we don't have sports on Saturday for a while, which is good. This is Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about. It is. It's Monica Perez. It's the Monica Perez Show with the Libertarian Stylings every Saturday from 3 to 6. We are wrapping it up, but I don't want to forget to mention that it is World Down Syndrome Day. I love this day, 321. That's the date. It's like trisomy 21 is what Down Syndrome is called. My uh, oldest son, he's 12, he has Down Syndrome. And I have to say, when he was born, I don't think anyone could have been more devastated for this happening than I. I just couldn't handle it. My brain, like, just whatever. <laughs> Overloaded the circuits. But I will tell you that I, I, every day, he makes me laugh. I just think how awesome it is to hang out with him. And I'm not just saying that. Like, this guy is the most fun person in my life. I love him to death. And this is We're All Down Syndrome Day. So just so you know, in case you feel bad for somebody who has a kid with Down Syndrome, for me, it's been super awesome. Uh, I've loved that. So I wanted to give him an honorable mention and that. And we are wrapping it up. If you're interested in the bills that we've been talking about or any of the subjects, uh, you can check my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. And I'll also post the podcast with some show notes probably Monday or Tuesday. And I'll be back next Saturday from 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.